right. We have something really special today. I have a beautiful group of uh, women that are with me. I'll get out of the way so you can see them. And um, we're just going to have a discussion up here about motherhood. And um, I know it's going to be about motherhood, but I believe if you have ears to hear, you're going to hear something that's going to translate uh, into where you are at and the things that you need in your life. Uh, we're going to be sharing scripture and uh, just talking from, from God's heart and from our heart today. So I'd like you just to welcome our panel this morning and give them a <laughs> clap. Welcome, girls. I tell you, you know, uh, as I said, we're mothers, and uh, some of our moms... Uh, they really had a time getting here this morning. <laughs> you know how it is with a lot of our, well, I think every one of our ladies here have three children. They all have three. So they have that in common. How cool is that? Yeah. So um, we're just going to, we're just going to share and talk. We'll just start right here with Christina. Could you introduce yourself, please? Hello. Okay. We're good. <laughs> So I'm Christine. I'm actually new here. I think it's been, what, a couple months now? Um, I'm a mom of three, three little boys under seven. I know, I always get the gas. <gasps> boys, <laughs> they're all boys. Uh, my husband, Eddie, is Eddie, and um, they. My, I have two little boys that actually are not doing well. They have fevers today, so they're watching online. Um, so we now have 47 viewers instead of 46. <laughs> um, and that's, oh, and I'm a working mom. I'm a realtor and I homeschool. <laughs> okay. Hello? Good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice. yeah. Um, good morning, everybody. My name is Sherika Finley and, um, I'm a mom of three. Two girls, one boy. Everybody's under five. I have a. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> yes. Um, the youngest is a year. I had her last year during the pandemic, so <laughs> that was fun. Um, I'm an educator. I work with kids with special needs, and it's a little bit challenging, but it's very rewarding. I'm married to Benjamin. He's back there. <laughs> uh, he's in the military, so that's another aspect of our life that affects motherhood. Good morning, everybody. Um, I've been up here. Some of you may know me before, but if you don't know me, my name is Brittany. I'm Pastor Gary and Kimberly's daughter, so I've had the wonderful joy of being raised um, in a Christian loving home. Um, I do have three kids. Our oldest, Isabella, just turned 15. Uh, it's crazy to think that she's already 15. Then Taylor is seven, turning eight next month, and Aria is two, turning three next month. So we have some June babies. Babies. We're going all out for them this summer. We're going big for their birthdays this year. Um, I am a working mom as well, so I'm a social worker with the County of San Diego. I supervise a placement team, so I get to really do some amazing work. It's hard, it's challenging, but it's super rewarding. Um, also, I am married um, almost for 10 years to my husband, Tony, right here on the front row. Uh, it has been an awesome, wild ride, um, and it's just so cool to have um, a great partner in all of this. Hello. Can you hear me? Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Good. Um, my name is Francia. I have three children. My oldest is 19 and I have a 14 year old who's here. And then I have my little boy. He's eight years old and he's just the best thing ever. But um, my all of my kids are awesome. Um, <laughs> um, I am a realtor and um, I'm currently going to school. So I am a very busy mom. Um, I try to make it work, you know, and um, be there for my kids as much as I can. But, you know, just, I got things to do. So I got people to feed. So I just, you know, um, depend on God for everything. So here I am. Wonderful. Welcome, ladies. We're so glad you came today. Thank you so much. Uh, I, too, am a mother, a mother of four, and uh, mine are all grown. Two are married, two are not, but they're all marriageable. So uh, 
my two youngest are 20, uh, 26 and 29. So, um, yeah, I, I loved being a mother. Mothers just was the greatest part of my life. Um, but now, the, the, t- the time I was in these years of motherhood, I was a stay-at-home mom, so I did that for the majority of uh, my kids growing up. So the pace of my life uh, was a little bit different than these ladies here. They're all working moms. And I know for me, being a full-time mom at home, that was a lot of work. I mean, I, that was a lot. And so then to tag on being a full-time employed mom too, um, that, that is, that's just a lot. So I'm just, you know, it's, it's, I know you guys have probably have crazy schedules and uh, they probably don't always mesh with your husband's schedules. And uh, in the mornings you're trying to get the kids, kids ready for school and also how, how do you fit God into that routine? You know, you, you get up in the morning and you're jumping out of bed and maybe you're still in your jammies and you're trying to get the kids fed and uh, trying to get your makeup on and doing all that at the same time. How do you, how do you fit, fit God in there? Sherika, could you speak to that? Sure. Uh, yes, it is very challenging um, balancing my Christian life with or my relationship with God with the aspect of being a mother. Um, I've always wanted to be a mother. Like, I don't even know from since like five or four or whatever. Yeah. I've always had kids. I'm one of five. I've always taken care of my little siblings. So I've always wanted to be a mom. But I think when I became a mom, that was just like a different aspect of, I am responsible for little yeah. people. Yeah. Like, yeah. these are mine. Who gave me these children? Yes. God. But yeah. <laughs> But now I'm responsible for them. And in my, when I was single, I had the time to pray and seek God when, yeah. when I wanted to. I had my own schedule. I could wake up early. I could sleep in. I could stay up late. I could go to prayer meeting at nighttime. Yeah. I was free. Yeah. So now that I have kids, um, what I've learned is that my relationship with God is not an aspect of my life, but it's something that's woven in my life. Yeah. So whether it is in the car when I'm driving to work, that's my quiet time that I make time for God, or it is when I'm taking a shower, or if I wake up early to pack lunch, that's when I'm making time for God, or if it's going to the gym and I'm walking on the treadmill, that's when I'm making time for God. Um, There's a verse that I like that it says, um, for in him we live and move and have our very being. As some of the poets have said, we are his offsprings, and that's in Acts 17, 28. And I like it because it was very, like, revel- like it, it opened my mind to the aspect that I am moving in him. Mm-hmm. I am, my being is in him. We are one. He's not an aspect outside of my life that I try to fit in my life, but he's part of me. Yes, and so good. within good my day, girl. I don't yes. have to make a place yes, for him, yes. he is with me, That's right. and I am with him, Amen. so my relationship with God doesn't change just because Amen. I have kids and my schedule is crazy. That's good. That's good. I love that. I just want to tag, tag on that because that's so great. You know, in uh, Proverbs, in chapter 31, they talk about the virtuous uh, woman, and it says that she wraps, she wraps herself in strength and carries herself with confidence, and what that implication is, is that she wraps herself and is infused in with the Father, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. And so you move and you act as one. I love uh, Jesus uh, said this. He said, I never say anything or do anything but what my Father has told me to do. And uh, that has just always resonated in me and has, I've just been aspiring. You know, the Bible talks about going from glory to glory in your relationship with him. That I just aspire to to only say what God wants me to say and only do what he wants me to do. And uh, that's uh, that's beautiful. Brittany. Um, Sherika, when you were talking just about, you know, like maybe how life looked for you before. And I think as we go through different phases, sometimes we think our relationship with God, if it doesn't look like how it used to, then we're not doing it right right now. Maybe that's just me. Like, okay, I did used to have more free time. I, I just had like a visual when you were saying that of when I was like 17, 18, 19 in college, I'd have an afternoon to myself. I just got out of classes. I didn't have a Starbucks shift until 
until like seven or eight at night. And then I'm there on my bed. I have my music on, my Bible's open. I have my notebook. It's just this perfect setting, you know? There's no kids knocking on my door. I have no responsibility. I just need to show up at work later that night. I'm reading, I'm like writing, I'm highlighting. And I'm looking at my life now. I'm like, my journal is empty. Like what is going on? But it looks so different now because in the morning it's like, okay, I put that podcast on and I'm listening to it. I'm getting distracted, but I'm, I'm trying to find nuggets of like, what was the word of God saying to me through somebody else? I have my Christian music on during the day, which is the word of God being spoken over me. It's getting in my heart. I'm repeating the lyrics. I, I, I'm infusing myself with the word of God. My, my time looks so different now, just like all of us. I mean, just different things comes into our lives. And so I think sometimes that can make me feel like, man, maybe I'm not doing it right, you know, but I am. I, I'm still, I'm strengthening my relationship with Jesus and it just looks a little bit different. And as I think about how I draw strength from the word of God, I was just reminded of this scripture verse. Um, it paints a really cool picture. It's in Isaiah 43, verse 2. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be, be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. And there's this other translation that kind of breaks it down like into our language a little bit more. It says, when you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. And when That's you're good. in rough waters, yeah. you will not go down. Good. And it says, when you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end because I am God, your personal God. There you go. Amen. Amen. So we all, we all go through different seasons of our life, and uh, God is there with us in all those different seasons, and he won't let go. And he's there leading and, and guiding us. And I love what uh, Smith Wigglesworth said about prayer. Someone asked him, you know, how, how often do you pray? How long do you pray? He says, well, I pay, pray 20 minutes. And they're like, oh, 20 minutes. And he says, but I never go 20 minutes without prayer. So our, our life should be, as the word has been said, infused in Christ. So we're constantly, constantly in sync, constantly re referencing, going back to the Father. Uh, I used to pray at the sink. I seemed like I had lots of dishes with four. Oh, yeah. And I was always at the sink, and I'd be praying at the sink. So God, God, God knows where you're at. He finds you. Did you have something to say? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, my kids are older, so um, I, I kind of right now in my life where I have time available, and um, I have to make that effort to connect with him throughout the day, because yeah. if I don't, then, you know, I, can't, I keep putting things in front of me yeah. that might take priority, you know, because it's either work or school or, you know, taking care of something for the kids or the home or whatever, but um, I have to literally stop myself and say, hey, thank God, pray, um, it, before I go to bed, open my Bible, read something, you know, make sure that that's the last thing I carry with me because again, you know, my, my kids are like, they're teenagers and they don't want to hang out with me most of the time. <laughs> but um, my eight-year-old, you know, he's, he's also very self-sufficient, but um, so I don't have to be doing a lot of the runaround um, that you guys as, you know, parents of young children do. Um, so I really do have to make sure that I, I stop myself from putting more things in front of myself yeah. and not, you know, in relationship with God. So. Good, 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 good. I know a lot of times um, as, as moms, uh, for me, and I think in general, that we can feel isolated, that we can feel cut off from the world, that we just get so in, ingrained and in, engrossed in what's happening in our house. And then we all start to feel that nobody else is going through that thing. Nobody else has had these challenges. Nobody's had a child that talks back or throws things or has a tantrum. And we just feel like, ah, no one's going to understand me. So how, how do you guys work through th those attacks that come, come to your mind that try to, uh, those attacks will bring, uh, open up for sin and depression and anger and all kinds of things. Christine, what, what do you do to combat that? I'm going to try not to cry <laughs> because there was a time. Um, so I think that um, what I'm a little different in a way where I just got saved last year. Um, so the Yay. whole incorporating God within our family is just, um, 
it's new, but it also isn't. You know what I mean? Like when you're found, you just can't remember what it was like to not know Jesus. And so it's just, he's there, you know? And my kids, I mean, it's just wild, like how fast they get to know him, you know? Like how do you even grasp that concept? And that's just God. But um, anyways, there was a time where me and my husband were going through, this was before we knew God. And our baby was so sick. And my husband was really sick. And, like, we just desired to have a normal life so bad. And I didn't know God at the time, you know. And so when I think back to that, it's like, man, you know, I, I, I didn't have the hope, you know, that I do today. And I feel like, you know, it's crazy that in those, I'm, I feel like I'm going off topic, but like in those moments like that where people don't even really know God and he still saves them yeah. and he still restores them and we're here today, yeah. you know, it's yeah. just... Amen. Amen. Sorry. I knew I was going to cry. I'm a crier. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> no, I don't care if I look gross. So. <laughs> You're beautiful. I'll be wet on, on my sleeve. <laughs> um... So there were times where I was alone when, when our middle one, Benji, was, like, suffering, you know, and I was still working mom. I was actually a nurse at the time, working nights, and he, he was just so complicated. It was hard for our parents to take care of him, so I'd be working nights with babies, mind wow. you. I was a postpartum nurse, so I would be at work. I'd get there at 6.30 p.m. I'd get home sometimes, like, 8.30 a.m., and then I'd take care of my baby, and we'd just nap when like I when he napped and then I'd go back again and I like went crazy I went literally crazy and um that's when I felt like the most loneliest but God literally like restored us and so um I quit my job uh, I had a great job. I quit my job. I sold my house to be able to stay home with my family because I said, I'm never doing this again. And now, like, when I think back to it, like, in those lonely times, you know, God got us out of it. Whether you feel it in that moment or not, he's going to get you Amen. out of it. Yeah. And it makes me think of, um, I think it's First Peter uh chapter 1 verse 6 right where he refines you through the trials um and when you think about it um like that that maverick city song i want to be i'm not going to sing it purified right like that was hot that was a hard fiery trial but we're so precious to god that like when we go through stuff like that it's just like gold right yeah yeah. the impurities come to the top and he wipes it clean you're just renewed again and so just knowing and holding on to that if you guys are going through anything hold on to that verse because now that i know god i know that no matter what we go through i know the outcome is going to be good yeah right so amen amen praise god that's so good that we have that that hope that assurance that our God is a good God. Just like uh, the scripture I shared earlier, he is just so great. And um, he loves us so much that even when we haven't uh, turned toward him, he knows where we are. He's looking at us. He's calling us. It says that he's the one who calls us to repentance. So he's drawing and drawing on our heart. So that's, that's just so awesome. It's so great. And the word also tells us not to uh, neglect meeting together. And I know we have a, a small group. What, what is the name of the small group for the women? Don't oh, yeah, mom we alone? Have, yeah, we got several names. It's just like a mom group. Okay. Yeah. All right. Find a small group. Hey. Because <laughs> these, these women are finding uh, life, doing life together in a small group. And uh, in, a, in a small group, you find that you're not alone, that there's others that are experiencing the same thing. Uh, relationship is built, and you're able to uh, 
share your deepest, some of your deepest thoughts, and they come alongside you and pray for you and cheer you on. And uh, so I just encourage everybody, uh, no matter where you are in life, find a small group. There's a small group at Spectrum that will be just for you, that you're going to find and you're going to get uh, fixed and situated in that's just going to click and be a blessing to your life. So do that. As you're talking about like isolation, I think that can come in so many different forms. And I, uh, sometimes it's, it seems it's hard to give yourself emotionally to put effort to reach out to someone. So sometimes I found myself just like, I don't even want to this week. Like I don't even want to text. I don't even want to go like connect with people. And I, Mm -hmm. I think that's something that then sometimes I've, I've felt like bad about that and wondering, does anybody, does, does everybody else like want to all, all the time? And um, uh, is there something wrong with me because I don't want to, you know, I don't feel like it. And so then I start feeling like I'm the only one going through that alone. Like why I'm an, I'm an outgoing person, but why am I not feeling like that right now? And um, I, I think one of the things that's helped me really kind of get through that is actually like telling someone like, Hey, I'm not feeling it. And, you know, talking to one of my girlfriends, but already having like a community in place to be able to be honest and vulnerable vulnerable with, that really helps too. And, and even just thinking that, you know, as, as a mom and a parent and someone who lives inside a house, you have to like keep up a house. And you've probably heard me talk about it a million times up here, but keeping up a house is a really big thing for me to for anybody to do. And I remember growing up, like I always thought I was gonna have a maid. <laughs> she did. So, she did. So when I had the chores, I just knew this is temporary, Brittany. Like, let's just clean the glass real quick. This will never, this will not be your life. Like, just hang on there. You're going to get a maid. (laughs) Have you ever had a maid? I never had a maid. (laughs) (laughs) And you have lots of laundry with all those kids? And the laundry's there. And the dishes are there. You know, you put one load in and then still the sink has the dishes. So really it's not like a full dish. You didn't really... I don't feel like I did the dishes because I only did like half the dishes, whatever could fit in the dishwasher, right? The rest are still like creeping out of the sink. So then you have to go two times to clean that portion. And then I'm thinking like, am I the only one that like has the dishes always there? Like sometimes you go to people's houses and the dishes aren't there. I'm like, where are your dishes? Like, I see mine every day. And so to tell people, like, my dishes are always there. Are your dishes there? Most of the time they are. And then, like, sometimes they are. But then I do have some friends that, like, they have control of their dishes. (laughs) I don't like the dishes. (laughs) I just wanted to share one thing about the isolation aspect. Um, Because we do move... Yes. Ever so often, it's hard to find community or make yourself vulnerable enough to actually um, be part of a community knowing that you're going to leave. Because I'm like, oh, I don't want to really get too attached because I'm going to leave and then I'm going to be sad. Right. (laughs) And then I'm going to be sad. (laughs) They're going to leave. They're leaving soon. Um, So it really took um, understanding who I am in Christ and understanding that God did not make or intend for my walk to be alone. Jesus was not alone. He had disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, when Mary was pregnant, she sought Elizabeth. Like the whole, if you read the Bible, no one is actually by themselves unless they're seeking um, solitude to be close to God. Right. So just understanding that and understanding that I had to find community in order for me to grow because yes, I can grow on my own, mm-hmm. but there is a benefit of iron trapping of iron being in community yeah, with people who are right. like-minded and who are similar in faith. So I had to get out of myself and mm-hmm. say, okay, I'm going to join a community, uh-huh. which extended to joining the mom's small group, which was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Yay. So, yes. Good. That's so good. I, I grew up a wallflower, so um, I isolated myself intentionally uh, because I was was always afraid maybe I wouldn't be accepted or I wouldn't have the right words to say so I would just always push push back from jumping into things but uh, it's it's cool how God uh, works in us when you yield to him and uh, 
I just have always wanted to to serve him. And so he has my my flower. I've just kind of moved from the wall, and now I'm out and about now, and I'm having a lot more fun. <laughs> so don't, don't, you know, um, just lean, I just, I always say this, is to lean into the grace that's upon your life. Lean in and trust God that what he's doing is good. And so uh, I, I'll go into situations, even now it tries to come, come on me, and I'll just say, no, God, you're, you're with me. I can do this. This is where I need to be. This is what you call me to do. And so I move forward. So don't, don't let anything isolate you from others, because the Word tells us that we need to assemble ourselves together, that we need to encourage one another. That's our job. That's our call. So uh, isolation, bad. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna hang out together and, and, and like, do life. You know, normal, right? Like we get those little moments, but yeah. just not staying stuck sure, in those exactly. moments. Like how can we like push through? Mm-hmm. I remember you even talk about like daring yourself yeah. to go like talk to people, mm-hmm. you know. And so just always like challenging ourselves, mm-hmm. e- even if we have to psych ourselves out for a minute. Like yeah. reminding ourselves, like no, I do need my friends. Like no, God put those people there for a reason. I do need to talk to them. I do need to kind of share what's happening. Because when you do share with someone who's trusted and cares about you, you feel like a weight off your chest, right? Mm -hmm. And you're just kind of carrying it on your own. And God never intended for us to carry things on our own. And when we're isolated, we're just like, keep just loading. And the next thing loads because we haven't like unlifted. Of course, we need to bring it to God. And then through that, even just talking with someone else really can kind of lighten you up a little bit. So I encourage you to talk with somebody this week and get yourself lightened up. For sure. That's good. You know, uh, with motherhood, there comes a lot of decisions. You have a lot of decisions to make. How are you going to raise the kids? Uh, sometimes we don't get it right. We make mistakes. Uh, do, uh, do you ladies have a mentor? Did you have someone that kind of uh, showed you the way? Or have you just been out there swimming? I will say I have made a lot of mistakes in my motherhood, mm-hmm. you know, time. I just, you know, two years ago, I came and uh, got saved pretty much. And um, my life has changed since. Um, and my kids, I mean, I- I've apologized to them for my mistakes, you know, because I-, I didn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to cry. I have but, Kleenex. Um, we have Kleenex. I know, right? We're, allo- um, we're allowed to cry. Let the tears flow. Moms cry. But um, I just, you know, now um, I, I really do try to, um, I'm just a different person, and I try to tell that to my kids because um, I, I just didn't know that I was hurting them, mm-hmm. and I thought that, you know, I was right, and I wasn't, I didn't have God, and in, in, I didn't have the Holy Spirit speaking to me, and now I do, so sometimes, like, they, you know, they think I'm crazy, or they roll their eyes, or they're just like, okay, mom, whatever, but, um, but now it's, it's, uh, I'm just a different person, and so I will always apologize for those mistakes, because, it, you know, it was, it was not, it was not God leading my life, and now it's, it is, and mm-hmm. so, um, I'm just going to continue to to live my life that way, so that way, you know, at some point, um, that will repair the mistakes that I made in the past. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. And that that is so good. And I I modeled that same pattern uh, in my motherhood when I made mistakes. I would repent right there to the kids, I'm like you know, I I did wrong. You know, the way I reacted, the words I said. Um, the physical touch was not right, you know, uh, was too aggressive or whatever, and I would repent and go to the Father and repent to Him as well. And I have, I have found that if we are quick to repent to the ones that we have hurt, quick to repent to God, that He is quick to restore, and He is quick to make changes on the inside of us when we allow uh, Him to do so and we're vulnerable in those areas toward Him to give Him room to move. So 
Praise and God. I, you know, I, I believe you lead by example. Mm -hmm. And I can't judge my kids for the mistakes that they're going to make because, you know, I was a part of that. Yeah. And um, I just have to pray for them. And, and like I said, now that I'm, I'm trying to live my life differently, I can only hope that at some point they're going to see that, you know, Amen. I'm the example Amen. to follow. Yeah. So. God is a God of household salvation. Yes. So we just call our kids in in the name of Jesus, that they're coming back to their borders, and uh, salvation for everyone in our family. Amen. Just, Christine? Um, no, because when, when you were talking about that, and it started to make you cry. Oh, gosh. If I see people cry, I cry. Like, I'm just a crier. <laughs> but it's almost like it made me think of, like, the prodigal son. But... I mean, who's to say that we can't be the prodigal mo like mother? You know what I mean? So, I mean, the prodigal son came back, was completely renewed, forgiven, and everything. So why not the mother for our children, you know? Because when that happens and the repentance, the true repentance happens, and trust me, I, I'm really good at saying sorry to my kids. <laughs> I'm good at apologizing because it happens, right? But um, when we do come in that place of just um, asking for forgiveness, and that's really like really shutting down pride to ask our kids for forgiveness for sure. you know what i mean and when we do that i really feel like that just that act alone of that humble act of apologizing to your children restores the family so we can't focus on oh you know i screwed up and now they're gonna screw up no that's not true that's a lie from the pit of hell mm -hmm. right it's yeah. a lie from the pit of hell and god will restore that he, he loves structure in the home right yeah, he does. and he will restore the structure because i've seen it happen in my own and I just that's just what I truly believe so there shouldn't be any um like regret you know there's no regret because we always grow from from our past and our mistakes right so Amen. Amen. oh I agree I think that I read something once that I really that really stuck with me and it said that even in our mistakes that our mistakes can draw our kids to God yeah. that even in our mistakes our children can see the face of God meaning that despite whatever we do or in our repentance our kids can see our relationship with God and that could usher them also into a genuine authentic relationship with God because they're seeing that he's not just God something far off but he's the father my father and this is the relationship I have with him and so then they can model that in their relationship with him even if I as a child make a mistake I have that avenue through Christ to um, repent and then be in right standing with God. Like that is always there. That Amen. mistake that I'm making is also something that my kids can look at and get closer to God. Yeah. Because right. we're not perfect. That's right. And he doesn't expect us to be. Uh -uh. But he's always there just to pick us up and get us back on the right yeah. trip. So yeah, praise God. So uh, the world is changing so quickly and we can all attest to that. You know, society is trying to push down traditional values, godly values, and wants to raise up all these new agendas and everything. Um, going to come against what we stand for on God's word. How do you uh, deal with uh, the fear of the here and now and then for your children's future? Do you ever, those thoughts ever come to you as to what? I homeschool. Aha, uh -huh, you homeschool. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> no, no, no. But for real, like, we've seen what happens in the Bible, right? You read the Bible, you know what's going to happen, and fear comes from when we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the outcome is, but we do. We do because it's written, right? And the, the truth doesn't change. Yeah. So we know what's to come. We know that Jesus is coming back. We know that we're going to go up with him. We know that no matter what happens in this world, because people are crazy nowadays, we expect it because it's literally written in Second Timothy. Remember, I'm new, okay? So <laughs> I don't got it down like that. But but it's written, so we, we know what to expect, and there shouldn't be fear in knowing what God has in store for us. Right. So. There's a verse that um, I love. It's found in 1 John 4.18, and it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. So when I think about my kids' future and I think about now, um, I just think about how much God loves my kids, mm -hmm. right? And so that I know that he holds them in his hand. Um, and there's a, a follow-up verse that I always say over them, which kind of centers me and just reminds me that my kids belong 
belong to God. Um, I'm leaving him in their hands for him to take care of, and I'm just going to lead and guide them the best way I can. Um, It's in Numbers 6, verse 24 to 26. It says, this is what I pray over the girls before um, I put them to bed. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So I'm just reminded that God kind of protects them wherever they go. They they are shielded there. God says he goes before us, behind us, to the right and to the left. And so no matter where, what kind of atmosphere they're walking into, I know that God's hand is on them. His face is shining on them. Um, and, and so that brings me peace. Also, I love that I, I get to be a part of a community of other moms that have little ones that they're going to grow up together. And so part of this outside world that they're a part of, they get to have some refuge because they're going to be around other like-minded kids who are raised by Christian parents. So they may have friends that are going to be doing other things, but I'm so happy I get to have a little community built in of friends that are doing, you know, going to church on Sunday mornings. And so they can see that's that's normal. I'm not the only one, you know, so really having a, a, a little place to wrap around my kids um, makes me feel good about the future too. When I was in high school, I mean, my best friend in high school is our youth director here at Spectrum Church. We went to church together. We're still in church together. Our kids are being raised together. And I, of course, I had my friends that were doing whatever outside of church, but it was so nice to have a girlfriend like, hey, we're the Christian girls. We're raised by this. This is, this is, our, our, our parents are raising us in one way, and this is the right way to go. So we're going to keep walking down that path together. So as adults, we know how important it is to surround ourselves with friends that have the same foundation that are building their life on Christ. So that helps me with the fear of whoever Taylor, you know, is going to meet down the road. Well, she's also got Selah at church, right? That's going to help keep her on, you know, the the path that God has for her life. Amen. I love that word refuge that you use. Refuge. That's so good. That's good. I mean, I'm always praying for divine intervention. Mm -hmm. I mean, wherever they go, I'm like, please, God, you know, just send somebody that is going to um, influence them in the right way. And at some point, I mean, we kind of all, well, personally, you know, went sideways and not towards the path that God had for me. But um, for my kids, I mean, I keep saying the same thing. It's like they're going to make mistakes and they're going to go through their experiences, but I really do uh, pray for divine intervention. You Mm -hmm. you just get the right people in front of them at some point Mm -hmm. and then lead them back into the path that you have for them, just like he did for me. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You can look at, um, in Proverbs again, the virtuous woman, uh, it says this about her in verse 21, is she doesn't fear the harsh weather climate conditions for her family because she clothes them with expensive scarlet. She covers them basically with the blood of Jesus. So she, when she sees her children, as you said, Francie, you're speaking words of life over them. You're covering them with the word of God and uh, pleading the blood of Jesus over them. And so when we, when we know that they are safe and secure in his love, then we can, we don't, we don't want to take a step back and not continue to pray, but we, we have a calm assurance in that, that God is in control and taking care of and watching over. Amen. So how, how, do, you, how do you go about instilling uh, the word of God in your children? I know life is busy. Where do, where do you find time and what do you do uh, to instill the word into your kids? I always tell my daughter that God is watching you. <laughs> so, she's so I'm always, yeah, whatever. It's like, God is watching. Aww. You know, and so she's like, I know. Um, I, I pray with my son before we go to bed. Mm-hmm. You know, I just try to talk to them. And then whenever they share an accomplishment or, you know, something really cool happened, I'm always like, that's God right there. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you this, it's a blessing. It's a miracle, whatever it is. But I'm always um, trying to bring it up so that that way they're thinking, you know, that's, that's really coming from God. It's Amen. not just them doing something. Right. So. Good. 
Music's a big one in our house. Uh, I am obsessed with just finding new, new songs, new music. And so whenever we're in the car, I just turn up the music as loud as possible and just believe that the Holy Ghost is just going to saturate my children in the backseat. I'm just joking. <laughs> um, no, but it's fun to like, uh, you know, have my routine of having uh, the music that I love on the, you know, a new Maverick City song or something like that. And then to watch the girls in the backseat, you know, like singing along to the music. It's so cool. Um, um, just because it is the word of God that they're speaking and like, you know, just catching on to little things. So really instilling the word of God through the, through an environment in the house, you know, even just like, like structure of, of praying before meals or getting to church on Sunday. So these little things that they're kind of seeing that like, this is what our lifestyle looks like. This is what it looks like to follow God. Um, we have several Bibles around the house. Our books are not, you know, organized. Like, my dishes aren't organized. So there's a couple, like, you know, here around the house. And so it's fun when we do take a few moments um, to read through, you know, I mean, with with... Aria, she's three, you know, reading through something is her like taking the pages and, you know, going through quickly. So I'm like, and the angel and Mary, and then all of a sudden we're like back in the Old Testament and um, Gideon and, you know, like, so I am trying to instill the word of God into Aria, but just grabbing any kind of little moment that you can is really how we're doing it right now. I know now. There's, there's lots of resources now. Back when I was raising my children, we too, we played music Christian music all the time, and they would dance. It's probably where I got sing. it from. Probably, right? yeah. probably. And uh, I would buy them uh, fiction, Christian fiction. So they had all these stories that were always taking you back to uh, to Christ and how He can help you in all these situations. We had DVDs, v VHS, you know, all those things. Now you can go uh, to YouTube and find yeah. a world of things that uh, are great spiritual content for our children. Yes, um, we try to expose our kids to um, their shows and different things on YouTube. I grew up watching Superbook. Yeah, um, that's so, a good like, one. They're still on YouTube. Uh -huh. I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there are different car cartoons that talk about Christ or speak the, the values. And I think it's important that we teach the kids the foundations of their faith. So sometimes at bedtime, we'll talk about like, who, who is God? Mm -hmm. um, who is Jesus? Is three in one. I give them a little verse that they can um, hold on to. Be kind one to another. They're so sick of that. Yeah, that's <laughs> right? a good one. Um, but it's just basically, my kids are young, so it's giving them the foundation of our faith because I feel that if they have that foundation of what they believe mm -hmm. and why they believe it, then that can be built upon. Yeah. What do you believe? What do you know? Why are we believing in Christ? Um, why are we, why do we pray? Why do we read our Bible? Why yes. do we do this? They, even though they are young, they need to know mm -hmm. their faith because the, once the foundation is strong, it cannot be shaken. That's good. And we need to build a foundation. Right. Um, even when they ask me questions about my faith, okay, so I'm trying to figure out how do I explain the Holy Spirit to a four-year-old, mm -hmm. you know? So mm -hmm. it's, it also puts me in a place of trying to understand my faith and then being able to explain it to them in a way that they can conceptualize at their age. Yeah. Well, Proverbs 22, 6 tells us that if we train up a child in the way that it will go, then they won't depart when they get older. So that foundation is so important that we lay that foundation because that's where you build and that's where they grow. And uh, they see, they, like you say, you see that reflection in you of who God is. Christine? I think also, well, obviously everything that these ladies said, but also just... Um, instilling that a lot of things that are happening are spiritual and just teaching them that um, through fear or through confusion or anything like we know like what things are not of God we know um, I, I already teach them like of the enemy you know like what comes from the enemy and, and how we can fight against it how we can pray against it um, I mean like I, I just want my kids <laughs> to grow up and just be like delivering people left and right, you know, so that they know like things are yeah. in this world are spiritual. We're, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. And our kids, even though we're like, we, they won't grasp that concept. They do. Right. They really, really they do. do. They do. So when someone's sick in the house, like the first thing my son Elijah does, he knows to pray, you know, yeah. so um, teach them young. 
Teaching young, they'll That's understand. <laughs> I love uh, Christine last night. Well, this this past week, I was encouraging the women. You know, let's just take authority uh, over our families and situations, so that we don't have any distractions and nothing prevents us from coming together today. Because I know God wanted us all to be together. And last night, I got a text from Christine. It's time for war, she said. <laughs> Two of her children were sick last night. Fevers, chills, just yucky. And uh, so we just continue to take our stand and I believe they're getting stronger. I think, I think God just wanted me to bring the eye bags because it was <laughs> the eye bags under my eyes because it's suiting for the motherhood topic, right? <laughs> well, stuff happens, right? Stuff happens. And God's still, God's still a healer. So in what ways do you ladies keep yourself centered in Jesus? What do you do for yourselves? Community, really. I feel like that's the biggest thing. And that's why it was so um, almost like lonely trying to find a church for a year. But, you know, God has blessed, blessed me with friends from across the United States that I've literally never met in person. It's wild the way he moves, right? But they're like my sisters in Christ. They're, pro they're watching right now. Oh, that makes it 50 viewers this morning. <laughs> so they're Jennifer, Jasmine, and Justine. Um, and they've logged on, and we literally, some of us have never met in person, and they're just like my go-to sisters, literally stop, drop, pray, with babies on their hip and everything. Mm -hmm. So um, it really is like community and people who just know the word, um, and then reaching out to, to people who have been in the faith for a long time, like you or the WOW women, where are my the wow women women of wisdom is it, what is it called wow 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 oh i went to one of their small groups one day oh my god they are the cutest <laughs> but they know so much and so it's nice to like go to people who have known jesus for so yeah. long yeah. so that's good my, that's my answer <laughs> uh, i thought about this question how do i keep myself centered in jesus and i was like how how what am i doing uh what am I actively doing to keep myself centered in Christ? And I think prayer is just something that I cannot do without. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. it's, it's so much that I feel like I always need to be talking to God to the point I'm like, am I crazy? No, I'm not crazy. <laughs> but I always need to be talking to God because I feel like I need that reassurance. I need the Holy Spirit. I need, I just need him. When you're in a relationship with God, you just need him. Yeah. And when you're without him, you can feel the absence. Mm -hmm. You can feel how you are just distorted, how your attitude is different, you're, the way you're moving, the way your body is, it's just different. So that constant need of God, of just that relationship with God is what keeps me coming back to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like I need him. You don't understand it, but I need God, yes. I need Jesus. I need him to work in me. I need him to lead me. Mm -hmm. I need him to guide me. There is just this hole in my heart that long that longing for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when I feel that, that propels me. Like yeah. I need God. I need the word. I need I need something. And mm -hmm. so that need and that drive to be in relationship, to be in communion with Christ is what keeps me centered. It just I don't know, I can't describe it to you, but if you ever get to that point where you just feel like, I cannot go a day without God, yeah. mm -hmm. then that's what's gonna keep you yeah. in this faith mm -hmm. forever. Yeah. Because I'm eternity-minded. I know that this life is not, I'm sorry, no, I know this good. life is not the end, yes. that there is eternity waiting for me on the other mm -hmm. side. I wanna see the face of God. Amen. I have expectation that I'm going to see God. I wanna see Him. I want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Praise so God. these are the things that are stirring up inside of my spirit. Yeah. And that's what keeps me centered. Mm -hmm. Amen. Praise Thank God. You. I love that. Yeah. Let's all catch that fervent spirit. Amen. The word tells us in Isaiah that um, he will guard and keep us in perfect peace when our minds are stayed on him. So it's just like uh, Smith's Wigglesworth and now Sherika Finley, <laughs> that constant thought, we're constantly taking our thoughts, our prayers back to the Father. 
and we're all, all consciously aware of him and who he is. And Brittany said it, that he goes before us. He's our rear guard. He's beside us. He has his hand of blessing on our head. So there isn't any place that we go that he is not. Yeah. We could go to the deepest hell and he'd be there. Yeah. We could go to the darkest place and he's there. He never, he never leaves us. And if you, uh, perhaps you today um, are feeling like you're just out there all by yourself and there's, there's this pull, there's this tug on the inside of you that th you need something more, just like these women have been sharing today. You need more. You need someone. You've, you've tried this religion. You've done this. You've done that. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the life and the light. And he comes into your dark place and he illuminates it and he takes you uh, just to higher heights and he doesn't leave you. He doesn't just meet you there, but he stays with you forever and ever. So today, if there's anyone here that has never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we want to invite you to do that today. We want to invite you to experience life in Christ, life in the Father. And it's really easy to do. All we do is just say a simple prayer in faith and allow Jesus to come and live and dwell in us. And he gives us his word, the Bible. When you read the Bible, it just, it'll come alive to you because it's the word, the inspired written word of God, the true God, the one and only God. So if that's you today, we're just gonna pray together. We can all close our eyes. You can repeat after me. Father, I come to you today. I ask that you forgive me. I repent of going my own way. I see that Jesus is the way. I desire Jesus. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Come into my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. And if that, if that was you today, make it a point to tell somebody that I received Christ. Share that. Uh, give a witness to what God has done in your life. And stay connected. This is your church. You receive Christ here. Stay connected. Come to church. Hear the word. Get connected with a small group. Find your people. And let God grow you into the man and woman that he has created you to be. Thank you, ladies. Let's give them all a hand. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time and everything today. Glory.